Welcome back to another episode of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, we have on Spike Albrecht, the man made famous by scoring 17 points in the first half of the 2013 national title game. So you obviously are extremely well known for the freshman year. Really, I would say tournament run. I was looking up some crazy stuff. Like, I'm, I want to go through it because it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And you said you're a very confident player, and you got to be confident to, to do this. You made your first nine threes in the NCAA tournament that year, and that tied Sam Cassell for a tournament record, which I imagine is still there. Like, that's ridiculous to hold that record. And But the big one was 17 points in the first half, like in the championship game. And our own – you know, this podcast is under the field of 68 and thanks to Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster and Rob wrote about you and he called it arguably the most memorable half of basketball you'll ever see. And I remember watching it and just watching the highlights over and over. And it just looked like a stream of consciousness. Like, did you, did it feel real at all? You know what, dude, I, I'll be honest. Like it, it happened so fast. And even like thinking back, it, it was such a blur. Mm-hmm. Like people talk all the time about being in the zone, but like, I literally do joke with people when they ask me about it. Now I was like, yeah, I literally blacked out. Like, <laughs> it was like one of those types of experiences. Yeah. Like dude, and I, and you know, this, but dude, I promise you in that first half, like the, the rim felt like an ocean. Like, I don't even know what was going on, but I just felt like everything I was shooting was just like, I was like, there's just no way I'm going to miss if I shoot this ball. <laughs> like, um, That's crazy. you know, it helps when Louisville probably didn't know who I was. So I had some open looks too, but once you one go through, man. Yeah. You know, and I had been in a good groove and, you know, throughout the tournament and just playing with a lot of confidence. Um, but once I seen that first one go down in that, in that championship game, I was like, okay, like I still got it. Like I still got it. <laughs> This is why I hate halftimes. I am a big proponent of getting rid of halftimes. Like, give me like a four-minute timeout. We can just sit on the sideline a little bit and then get back to it. Like, I, I hate the break of flow. The worst, dude. But you know what? For me, I was like, I remember going into half and I was pissed because we lost the whole momentum. You know, we should have been up like eight or ten going in half. We go up one. But I just remember thinking, I was like, all right, like, hey, I did my job, like, Trey, you come in and just win us the game. Now. Yeah, somebody do something else here. Yo, Leon can't do everything, bro. Like, I was, uh, you know, but it, it did, like, in terms of what you're talking about, like, the momentum shifted, my adrenaline, and, like, honestly, I burned so much energy in that first half. God. I was going crazy, screaming, yelling, like, and that's just – and I played 15 minutes, which I never do. Yeah. I was, I was exhausted in that second half for sure. Yeah, that it is. It's such a difficult thing to do that I found like for myself where I have like a big stretch of success and like hit like three shots in a row. And then there'll be like a lull in play. And then I'm like, then I start consciously thinking about yeah. what I just did. And I'm like, oh, this isn't unconscious anymore. Like I got to like make the next shot. And then I start pressing. And I'm totally. like, I did that in the first half. I've done that a bunch of times, like big first half. And then the second half, you're like, all right. You know, I just need like four more points, three more points for 20, and then you don't get it in the end of the game. You're like, what the hell just happened here? But it's, no, it's the plight. It's like just the plight of basketball and, and having an overactive brain, honestly. It is 
I don't wish it on anybody. No, I hear you. <laughs> After that, somebody asked me, I think it was, I was talking to Brendan Quinn. And he was Brandon. talking about, uh, yeah, he was talking about like, I don't remember who, I think it was him talking about like recognition on campus, like after my Michigan state shot. And I was like, still not, not that great. Like I'm just like the average looking white dude, like yeah, not really getting much recognition. And then I was thinking, you know, before this interview, if I did that on a national stage, like the NCAA tournament, even as a freshman, like I get back on campus and I feel like it'd be a totally different feel. Like after you were on game day, College game day, if I remember correctly, right? For what? Oh, yeah, the following year? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, did you get back immediately and it was – was it different? And Michigan's a little different because it's a little nerdier. It's a little yeah. nerdier and, like, not quite like if you were doing this at IU or something. But, I mean, what do, did you feel, like, a shift in everything? Dude, it was insane. <laughs> and, like, I'm like you, man. I mean, I'm – 5'11", I, I look like everybody else on campus, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, like, obviously it being in the national championship on that stage, but also, like, basketball was humming, right? Football was struggling a little bit. Basketball was humming. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we're jumping on the bandwagon. Like, everybody was following us into the tournament. And I'll say this, too, because I was, I was a freshman. I look like I'm 12 years old. So, like, I was super shy. I you know, I didn't go out really party, do anything like that until after that. Then we'll get into that. But, <laughs> but like, dude, my teammates and all those guys, because it was just such a crazy story and just like totally un unexpected. They gassed it so much. And like, they threw much throw threw so much fuel onto the fire. Like when I got back on campus, like we had a rally at, at Chrysler and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so embarrassed, but they were like, I mean, Coach Beeline was calling me the most eligible bachelor, like just all sorts of crazy stuff. I forgot about that. It was – we played, I think that game was like April 8th, you know. And, you know, Michigan, we get out early. So we got out like April 21st. We were like two or three weeks left in, in class. And it was just crazy, like those two or three weeks. Um, and I went from like a virtually unknown who like I would tell people on like we go out to parties, it's like, yeah, like, hey, I'm on the golf team. Like nobody knew who the hell I was. Yeah. When I got back, it was, it was pretty crazy. Well, see, um, I always went after, after school was out in April, I always went down to little five immediately. Yeah. I mean, I left immediately went down to little five or grand prix at Purdue. Yeah. You're an, you're an indie boy too. Carl, yeah, yeah so. exactly. I, I know. I know all about that. That was always fun. Before we continue that interview, I just have to let you guys know that it is that time of year again. We have waited two years for this moment and it is finally here. March's biggest tournament is back. Gonzaga's getting ready to run the table. Slippers are being fit as we speak. And our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, are putting our listeners at the center of the action. How? If you bet $4 on an underdog in a select game this week and that underdog wins, you win $256. That's right, $256. Here's how it works. You download the app now. You use the promo code FIELD68 when you sign up. Scroll through the list of select underdogs, bet $4 on one of them to win, and cash $256 when they do. There is no better way for you to put your college hoops knowledge to the test 
and then to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. I know this because I use them. So remember, the code is FIELD68. That's FIELD68 to turn $4 into $256. For a limited time only, must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. Go to DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, you stayed on campus after that? Well, for for those two and a half weeks, whatever it was, I had to finish class. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. What is it? May semester or, or summer one or spring one? Uh um, I went home, dude, because I remember Sanderson, Sandman wanted me to stay and, and train all spring, and you know how he is. He's like, dude, we'll get you ready to roll, and I was like, dude, you're crazy. I was like, I'm going home. I was like, we just played a seven-month season. I was like, I need a, I need a rest. No, it was a whirlwind. You need a break after that. Like, I don't care if it's a losing season. I need to, like, disconnect. No question. What was – from that, like, what was the wildest connection or, like, the wildest hookup? Not not with a woman, but, like, a, somebody hooked you up with something or, like, a connection that somebody made, like, a, a big name or something. Like, what was, like, the wildest sort of uh, story that kind of came from that, like, after the fact? Um, well, I, I would say I would say two things. Like, the first thing was just, and I don't even know, like, off the top of my head, but, like, the amount of celebrities during that game, like, who were were tweeting at me and tagging me and stuff. And, like, this Twitter was way different then. You know, it wasn't yeah. really – but, like, I just remember I had all my boys hitting me up back home, like, yo, like, Reggie Bush is tweeting at Steve Kerr, like, just random, like, Phil Jack. I don't even know who, like, all these crazy names. Um, so that was crazy. Like, I, I'd love to go back and look. Um, but – my favorite in-person story, man, that I, I tell pretty much everyone anytime they ask was it was a couple years later. Um, by this time, it was, shoot, my, my junior year, junior, senior year. So I was 21, 22. Um, we were going into, into Rick's and Derek Jeter was in the house. So I think it was football weekend, Michigan, Michigan State. Mm. And, dude, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, grew up playing shortstop. My name's freaking Spike after baseball. So yes. I love Jeter. Love Jeter. Um, and I remember talking to Hess over at, at Rick's and he's like, yo, Jeter's in the house. And I was like, he's like, you guys got to come see him, say what's up. So I was like freaking kid in the candy shop. We go down there and he's like all in this roped off section, one of the booths. And I'm like, you know, rehearsing in my head what I'm about to say to him, you know, whatever. So, so dorky. But uh, we start walking over his way and like, we all make eye contact. It was like me, Karis, I think Duncan and D-Walt. And, like, as we're walking towards him, I, like, kind of raise my hand to, like, point at him, like, hey, like, yo, what's up? Like, and he's just like, yo, Spike, and, like, waves me in. And I was like, no. I was like, Deets does not know who I am. And at that point, I was like, that was that was pretty freaking awesome, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know if you can really top that anywhere else. No, no, he's a legend. <laughs> but also the, the other infamous story with you that I won't go into is the tweet at Kate Upton, right? Yeah, but our, our our one mutual great friend Zach Novak wants you to tell the uh, the true story. Of who came up with that idea, dude? Every time it gets brought up, he loves taking credit. He does. He loves he loves it. Um, I will say he definitely was was one of them. There was there was a lot of guys. <clears throat> well, first of all, I didn't know she was at the game. You know, 
Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and I, I can't even remember who was like, yo, you need to you need to tweet at or something like that. And I was just like, you know how Coach B is, man. I was like, dude, I'm not tweeting at it. We just lost. Coach B's going to be pissed. And they were like, dude, this is different. Like, you got to do it. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, and Novak was like, I remember he said something funny. He's like, dude, because everybody's like, what are the chances of her tweeting you back? He's like, better than you scoring 17 in the first half of next year. <laughs> so he was definitely one of them. Um, I remember Stauskas, Bogridge, all those guys um, were bugging me to do it. I just remember as soon as I fired off the tweet, man, I was like, like, oh, shit, like this is about to blow up. You know, like it started getting retweets and likes and, um, but it turned out to be, it turned out to be funny. Coach B was cool with it. So, uh, yeah, that probably got more recognition in the game, to be honest. Honestly, it might've, I think that was covered by anybody and everybody and not even basketball people. Yeah, no question. That reminds me that Vogrich was a part of this whole uh, championship game celebration thing. And I'm wondering if you guys were ever worried about his health and safety during that celebration. I feel like that man was like, could have been on a missing poster for about three weeks after that. Dude, Bogey, first of all, I, I love Bogey. Love so, Bogey. And, and I was old for a freshman, man. So, like, I always hung with the older dudes. I had Bogey and then Blake. So, Bogey and Bird, we had, like, our little game ritual. Like, I sat in between them both, and, like, they kind of brought me under their wing. But Bogey was the king of the cellies. Like, he had his little, like, his little head celebration he used to do. It's just so funny. And honestly, like, and, and you know this, dude, Bogey could hoop, too. Dude, like, so Bogey good. Fuck it. He was the best scout team player. Him and Esso. I was oh. just like – and they're such a huge part of that, that team's success, man. Those practices were so competitive because, like, we were – shit, Karras was on scout team through half the year. Yeah. I was like, dude, this kid, can we get him off the scout team? I was like, no one can guard him. <laughs> yeah, it's the unsung heroes like that. Like, that, it actually makes a big difference because if you're going through, walking through stuff and – you got to prepare for, I don't know, Peyton Siva. Oh. And it's like, you can't really prepare for him because everyone sucks on the scout team. Then it's like, you get in there and you're like, damn, like what, what the hell did we just get hit with? Exactly. Esso was, was the best one-on-one player in our entire team, like every year I was there. Dude, I, I tell people all the time, man. Esso, that dude, he's the most self selfless teammate I've ever had. Like, dude, there were so many times I was a freshman, he was a senior – he was cooking me in practice. And I was like, I mean, I remember even thinking, I was like, dude, Coach B, he should probably be playing in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lot better than me. But like, I just, I brought something different to the, you know, to the table than, than Esso. Um, but like, man, he was a trooper for sure. And he was filthy in practice. There's no doubt. I mean, him and Vogrich, like, that's just nonstop buckets. Karis, I don't even know if you guys can <laughs> every every day. Yeah, we took some L's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, those are always great because then they, they let you know about it and then you feel like ass. So that's good. Okay, so we got a few more things. And I told you to think of a good beeline story. Did you come up with a good beeline story? Yeah, I, I got a pretty good one. Um, okay, hit me with it. Yeah, well, there, you know, and there's a ton of Coach B stories, but you know, he's, just, he's a great dude. But this, this is a funny one um, that, that I, I thought you'd get a kick out of. So – after that year, after freshman year, we go to the national championship. Um, Glenn and Mitch announced they're coming back. So, like, it was those two, Nick and Karis, myself. So, like, our five, we we were rolling, man. Like, we had a ton of juice running into sophomore year. We thought we were hot shit. That summer when we got back going into sophomore year, 
um, I remember like we thought we were like the big man on campus. We had, we had a class in the summer and we all decided to skip the class. Just thinking like, ah, what's, what's the worst I could have? We'll skip class. Like, you know, we just came off a, you know, national championship game. Like I'm sure coach B's cool with it. <laughs> Dude, Tommy Jones was there. I remember like we get the text from whoever and it's like, yo, coach B's office. And I was just like, Oh no. And uh, we're in his office and like, all five of us, I'm at the end of the road, and he just goes one by one. He's going like Mitch Glenn. He's kind of like going in on him. He can't say a ton because, like, they were just thinking about leaving for the NBA. They came back. You know, there are two superstars. Nick and, Karras, Nick and Karras are both studs, and, like, he's kind of, like, reaming them, like, hey, that's just not what we do at Michigan. Like, don't do that again. And then he gets to me. I'm the last one. He's like, he gets to me. like, in Spike, he goes, if you ever do that again, I'm sending your ass back to a D3 school in Indiana so fast. And I was like, that was when it was like a reality check. It was like, yep, like the national championship game over. I was like, if I fuck up again, I'm gone. So, um, but that's what I respect about Coach B too, man. Like he he was no nonsense and, you know, he does things the right way and, you know, he, he values it all. So, yeah. Um, but you know how Coach B can be with, with his academics and stuff, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not falling in line following the rules, like you can get out. No I love that too. It's a great story because everyone's always like, you got to treat everyone the same and coach people the same and blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, no, you don't. Not when you got Mitch McGarry, Karis, Nick, like not everyone's the same in sports. All right. Like if some people get leeway and there's a reason why they get that leeway. No question. I had minimal room for air. For yeah, sure. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Novak and I had a, a similar thing. That, that is for sure.